Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. It's Friday, November 6, 2020. And I don't know about you, but forget 270 electoral votes, all right? I feel about 270 years old uh, right about now. That's how long and taxing this week has been, not just for me, but let's be honest, for all of us, right? Uh, speaking of 270 electoral votes, there's the map. Joe Biden keeps inching closer. His map looks like this. He thinks he's going to win Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada. Right now, he's slightly leading in all of those states. Uh, the Trump map looks completely different. As he says, he hereby claims the state of Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Georgia, North Carolina. The legal fight is not going to end anytime soon. Now, as for our personal map, uh, we call it the United States of confusion. Uh, it's a whole bunch of uh, legal and electoral zigzags uh, right there. Our associate producer, Madison, putting it together. As you can see, she got the big question mark and then she's just like, uh, I am. There's the wait for it. Yeah, totally perplexed. We don't get it. Uh, speaking of perplexed, apparently Nancy Pelosi is a bit perplexed because today at a press conference, she called Biden the president elect. Really? Did I miss the memo? Have a look. I wish we weren't wearing masks so we could see how exciting it is to come before you today with Joe Biden having the tremendous mandate uh, that he has and that uh, pretty soon the hyphen will be gone from vice president to president-elect Joe Biden. Uh, it's a happy day for our country. Happy day. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyhow, I, I have so much to say. I'm going to have a lot to say about that later on the program. We do have a lot to sort out on the program today. Joining me now to kick things off uh, is Brooke McGowan, the co-founder of the MAGA Institute. She joins us from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, she's watching the polls out there. You're actually a poll watcher. Hey, Brooke, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Hey, good morning. Great to be here, David. Thank you so much from Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what's going on behind you. What's the scene out there? Right. 9 a.m. we arrived here. There was already a crowd amassed in front of the Maricopa County Election Center. And now that crowd has tripled in size in just two hours. It's just getting bigger and bigger. What we just saw a moment ago was Alex Jones coming through the crowd, high-fiving everybody, shouting 1776. There's so much energy here. A lot of people have signs that say, stop the steal, count every legal vote, and we won't take no for an answer, Joe. Stop raping us. Yeah. Hey, Brooke, tell me about your uh, story as to how you got out to Arizona, why you're there now specifically. How did that all transpire? Right. So I'm co-founder of MAGA Institute, and we've partnered with Americans for Limited Government. In just a little bit, my partner and I will be meeting with uh, Congressman Paul Gosar, and we'll just be we're here to absolutely do whatever the congressman needs to bring out a win today. They are certifying, uh, as you know, they're certifying votes every day, a couple of times a day. Last night, they certified 74,000 more. Donald Trump had 57% of those votes. We know he is going to win Arizona. I am here to encourage people to keep the faith. Do not fret. Do not listen to the mainstream media that is lying to you. Call your parents, call your friends, call your brother and your sister and say, the media wants you to think that he's lost it, but he has not lost it as of yet. Keep the faith. We are America. We will not stop. Brooke, I want to ask you a little bit about what's going on specifically with poll watching. Is there any sense? Are, are there certified poll watchers now in there? I mean, is everything feeling like uh, it's going to be at this point copacetic and OK? 
David, my understanding is Maricopa doesn't have near the problem that Philadelphia has had, that Nevada has had in Las Vegas. My understanding is that we do have a GOP poll watcher with a Democrat poll watcher vote, uh, watching every vote being counted. I will get more information when I meet with Congressman Gosar in about 30 minutes. Okay, can you take us a little close? I mean, you're right there. What's going on? Can we see behind you? Can you go in a little bit more? What's uh, what's happening sure. behind you? Take us, for a, take us for a little stroll. Sure, we'll take you for a stroll. Uh, we're going right up here to where the folks are right behind me. And we're going to go up here where all of the people are. We've got on one side, we had Charlie Kirk giving a nice a nice uh, speech this morning. And, and uh, Congressman Paul Gosar also spoke, as well as a gentleman named Boris from the Trump campaign. And then Alex Jones arrived and he had a little rally over here on this side. But currently, I can't tell you exactly who's speaking, but we're going to get you up close so you can see. All right. That's fine. We're, we're doing live television. We love it. Just keep going, Brooke. You're our, like our correspondent there. Absolutely. I'm going to get as close as I possibly can to where the people are speaking right down here. It's a great crowd. Everybody is happy. Everybody is excited. Everybody's also ticked off, i got to tell you, David. Right now they're chanting fake news. Fake news. Well, they're not talking about us. They can't be talking about us, I can guarantee you. They're not talking They're not talking about just the news, not at all. They're no. talking about all of the mainstream mainstream legacy media that's been lying to everybody. Yeah. So, Brooke, so Brooke now, now that you, everybody's there, can you hear me okay, by the way? You yeah. yeah, I'm here. I hear you. Okay. So what's the plan from this point forward exactly? What, what, you're going to have rallies, and then what's going to happen? What I understand, David, is that we are not going to give up. We are not going to go home until Arizona has been certified for President Donald Trump. There are about 400,000 votes still remaining needed to be counted. A couple of times a day, they certify a, a, a little increment of that. Last night was 74,000. I'm not sure what tonight will be, but each day they will be moving closer and closer to Donald Trump's victory for all of the electors in Arizona. What are the people saying out there? Are they upset at Fox News for making that that call on Arizona? Oh, oh, they hate Fox News. There are signs around here to shut down Fox News, to ignore Fox News, to stop the lies, Fox News. Fox News has done a disservice to their legacy by calling Arizona early. Yeah. And everybody knows it. Everybody in, the, everybody in Donald Trump's patriot crowd knows it and are turning their backs on Fox News and moving to people just like you. Brooke, what do you think is going to end up happening? I mean, in other words, do you do you do they really believe that uh, Trump is going to win this election, or are they very concerned about that? This crowd believes David uh, believes that President Trump has already won this election, but it's being stolen from him, David. Just like he said last night when he gave a speech, and legacy media cut him off and told their people, we're not going to let you hear what Donald Trump said because he's telling you lies. Can you believe in America that the media is telling the people that the president is lying to them and then shut off his speech? This cannot stand. We are not standing for this. That's why this crowd is gigantic. They are saying, don't believe the lies. Right here, she's saying, stand on the word of God. Guess what? Our God wins. Our God is bigger. We are praying and let Donald A. Trump walk away with the victory. Okay, Brooke, come away from there for a moment so you, we can have a little bit better audio, but we can keep uh, come, go back to where you were. You got it. Uh, but you got as, it. as you do that, let me ask you this. 
What about a concern that, you know, everybody's saying uh, the election has been stolen. I mean, this is getting to a point in America where we could be going down a constitutional crisis. Is there a concern that this country is so splintered anyhow, but now that we're going into uncharted territory here? Absolutely. Absolutely, David. In fact, there are a lot of, I guess, open carry is legal in Arizona, and we're seeing a lot of that out here. I mean, everybody already feels like, like this is nothing but tyranny, oh, nothing go. but tyranny. And, and absolutely, so that's why the message has to remain that we will stay peaceful until peace no longer works. We're gonna stay peaceful. Donald Trump needs us to stay peaceful and joyful and keep the faith. But let me tell you, patriots are not gonna stand for this. So I'm a little concerned too, that the Democrats and the leftists are trying to lure us into something that might make us respond. And I just wanna tell everybody, stay on your knees before God. That is not how we respond in America right now. We have to wait for the process. This may be six weeks of mayhem, David, and it is concerning. And America is broken, but we have to keep the faith and we have to stay before God. And, and God wins. That's my final message. Yeah, Brooke, and I noticed it's emotional for you. I know it's a lot of emotional for a lot of Trump supporters right now. What's going on inside of your heart and mind right now? Why, why the emotion exactly? Just because I see the lies and I see the brainwashing. Really, in 2020, what was washed more, hands or brains? Because people have lost their ever-loving minds, David. Ever, you still see people driving around alone in their cars wearing masks. And you're like, oh my gosh, are you going to get a, a disease in your own car that only you can only survive by 99%? I mean, it's gotten to the point where people don't use their own minds. Common sense is no, no longer common. People have lost their minds. It's a spiritual battle at this point, David. That's why you saw me get emotional, yeah. because I know where we're standing right now. I know that this is a spiritual battle. I know we are storming the gates of heaven for God to hear us, and I know we will prevail. But in the meantime, people just need to stay in love and stay together and join arms, and, and, and let's just be positive about this and let the process run its course. It's going to be a while, but Donald Trump will be victorious. Yeah, and before I let you go, Brooke, uh, do you see any protesters out there or is it just you guys? So early on, right after Charlie Kirk spoke and right before Congressman Paul Gosar was speaking, uh, they scooted, the sheriffs came over and said a black bag has been left on the street. They had left the street open early at about 9 a.m. They closed it off now. But the street cars were going by in a couple of Biden trucks and people were flipping us off. So a, a bag dropped and they tried to scurry everybody away and then they stopped. And then we did see another skirmish going on. I was far, I was far enough away to not know what the skirmish was about, but someone said it, someone had a Biden flag. So my prayer and my hope is that people just remain kind and in love with everybody and don't, don't show your anger mm -hmm. when people come along. Cause they're gonna, they're gonna come along. This is an open public street. They're gonna come along and they're gonna yeah. be yelling at us and mad at us, but we have to remain hopeful and the, and the happy warriors and the prayer for warriors that we are, that Donald Trump has inspired us to be. There is nothing like this ever before. Uh, and there will be nothing yep. like this again. Brooke McGowan, uh, thank you so much for joining us from Arizona. And I hope we can check back with you wherever you are next week. And, and I'd love to, love to get you back on. Thank you so much. I might still be here. Thank you, David. Appreciate uh, it. All right. Thanks. We'll check back with you. Be safe. Be safe. Thanks so much. Thank you. God bless. All right. Uh, Brooke McGowan on the ground there in Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County. Uh, look, uh, Donald Trump needs every single electoral vote he can get. And he's going to need 11 in Arizona. Uh, potentially to pull this off. And Brooke is right. It's going to be weeks, folks. You're going to hear 270 being called at some point, potentially for Joe Biden. 
hold on. We got a lot of more weeks ahead of us. Back in a moment. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I tell you what, that last segment about Arizona, very, very interesting. Really appreciate Brooke McGowan uh, for giving us kind of like that play-by-play at the Trump rally out there. Uh, speaking of Arizona, makes me think of uh, the electoral map. The electoral map makes me think of lawsuits, as in plural. And lawsuits makes me think of Pennsylvania because there are quite a few lawsuits uh, out there, a lot of, quite a few legal issues to uh, ponder. Uh, so let's bring in uh, Greg Tufel, uh, the founder of OGC Law. Greg, I really appreciate you being here. I know you're out in there in Pittsburgh. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't even know where to begin, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's so much to decipher. To decipher. Why don't you kind of give me a, a sense of where all of this legally could be going in Pennsylvania? What are some of your bigger concerns as to what we're seeing in the great state of Pennsylvania? Well, so Pennsylvania is one of the states that um, within the last year or so had legislation allowing significant mail-in balloting, you know, large-scale mail-in balloting. And that was a bipartisan law that was negotiated over years, uh, every detail carefully negotiated. And uh, one of the details was that all the mail-in ballots had to be received by 8 p.m. on the election day. And uh, the Democrats brought a lawsuit uh, asking the court uh, in PA to allow ballots to come as significantly later than Election Day. And the court decided to allow ballots to be received as late as three days after uh, Election Day rather than by 8 p.m. on Election Day. And the law didn't wasn't written in anticipation of allowing ballots to be received after election day. So the law did not require any particular postmark or evidence of mailing prior to the deadline for mailing. So the court uh, created a problem there by doing that. In addition, they just disregarded very specific law uh, that said it had to be received by 8 p.m. on election day. And the law also had an anti-severability provision that said basically the, the anticipating the court might try to strike out just parts of it. The law said, if any part of this is declared invalid, the whole the whole statute is invalid. It, it was a package deal. And so what the legislature very clearly did not want was the court picking and choosing which parts to enforce and which parts not to enforce. And uh, yeah. It, yeah. so the court um, went ahead anyway and said, well, we're just making an exception this one time. So we're not really striking out the deadline of election day, we're just making an exception because of COVID and because of the U.S. Postal Service. So that case, uh, so far the Supreme Court hasn't gotten involved because the question is how many ballots are going to be received after election day? Is it it enough ballots to change the outcome of the election? If not, the Supreme Court won't get involved. If, If it is enough ballots, then they will. All right, but still, the, the, the bottom line is those ballots that are coming in after Election Day, no matter how many they are, 
they may be segregated out, they're, but but they're still being counted, right? I mean, the, the tallies we're seeing in Pennsylvania are still being counted, though, right? My understanding is the segregated ballots are not yet part of the total. They're not um, yet part of the total. They wait okay. to count those to see if it could possibly affect the outcome. They, I think they will only count those ballots is sufficiently narrow margin that they need to count. Okay. And uh, by the way, this PA Supreme Court refused to order that the ballots be segregated. Uh, so the Supreme Court, PA Supreme Court, voting four to three, four Democrats against three Republicans, said, ah, it's fine. You don't even need to, to segregate them, which would have right. made the order effectively unappealable. The Supreme Court, would, the U.S. Supreme Court would not have had a way of fixing the mess. Um, but the, fortunately, the Secretary of the Commonwealth uh, agreed to segregate the ballots anyway, so, so that they are being, in fact, segregated. All right. So, Greg, there are a couple other issues in Pennsylvania as it relates to some of these cured ballots that we're hearing about in Philadelphia and not in other places, or at least that Philadelphia area. I'm not sure which counties exactly, maybe Philadelphia County. Uh, but so, so what's going on there? And then what about the poll watchers? Isn't there a legal fight over that as well as it relates to the fact that, you know, hold on for a second. Poll watchers aren't allowed in certain places and state officials are, are not allowing poll watchers in certain places. So aren't there a lot of different legal avenues for the Trump uh, campaign to pursue here? Yeah, and they are pursuing some legal avenues. So so in Philadelphia, the Trump team was arguing that their poll watchers were being requ required to watch from such a long distance that they had to use binoculars to see what was going on. And the court had to step in and issue an injunction saying, no, they're entitled to be within six feet. And uh, as a result, the they brought the order to the polling place and then they didn't get immediately immediate compliance. The, um, uh, the people operating the polling place were insisting on having their lawyers review the order and doing things to delay compliance with the order. And then ultimately what I'm what I'm hearing reported is that they moved the fence closer than it was before to the area where they were doing the um, uh, ballot machine reviews and things. But then they, they moved the sh machines further away as well. So while you could get closer theoretically to the area where they had previously been, they moved the area where they were. So they, they don't seem to be in full compliance with that injunction order. And it'll be interesting to see if there's a petition to enforce the injunction. You know, individuals involved in refusing to comply with the order could wind up on seeing contempt sanctions. Doesn't it seem a little sketchy that the uh, the folks in Philadelphia are, are basically fighting this in court about uh, access to a degree? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to portray a picture of integrity, you allow poll watchers to watch as close as they need to watch right. You make the comments right. you need. If you've got nothing to hide, why are you being so difficult? Mm. Uh, I'm sure they'll come up with some excuses for why they're doing this, but it doesn't look good. Yeah. What do you think is going to end up happening in Pennsylvania? I'm assuming this is this. Uh, what I've been told is that there are some pretty good uh, potential uh, Supreme Court ramifications here. In other words, there, there could be some some ways that this could get to the Supreme Court. What's your sense? Well, if, if they wind up counting those late ballots that came in after 8 p.m. on Election Day, I expect fully the Supreme Court would grant certiorari and would reverse the uh, PA Supreme Court. So if the, if the election hinges on just those votes, um, I think it could very easily go in Trump's favor. But right now, I, mean, I, I would say that it's not looking good that the margin's going to be narrow enough to require looking at those votes. So that's mm -hmm. the problem for Trump. Right. Got it. All right. Really appreciate it, Greg. Thanks so much for being here. I hope to get you back on as uh, the uh, Pennsylvania as the world turns saga continues. Thank you so much. Ready to come on again. I really appreciate the opportunity. Take care. Oh, th sounds good. All right. The Love Pittsburgh, by the way. Pittsburgh's one, you know, they have that. Oh, what's uh, 
What's that? See, I can't think of the restaurant. It's got the sandwich with the fries in the middle. It starts with a P. So can you email me? Uh, dbrody at justthenews.com. dbrody at justthenews.com. There's a place in Pittsburgh that has the fries and the sandwich. And, oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a major cholesterol I mean, you know, you're going to end up with like a cholesterol IV drip, if you know what I'm saying. But it's phenomenal. All right. That's our food analogy for today. Uh, We've got a lot more on the show, including later on Kevin Sorbo, the actor. Remember, he played Hercules. Well, he's back and he's got a few other projects he's going to talk about, including the election. Back in a moment. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, No more over-the-counter medication in this election. I'm going with the straight IV drip. Uh, All right, let's look at the Trump campaign statement about this election because, shockingly, they say the election is not over. Apparently, he hereby declared it. Uh, Here's what he says, or here's what the campaign says. The false, this election is not over. The false projection of Joe Biden as the winner is based on results in four states that are far from final. Georgia is headed for a recount where we are confident we will find ballots improperly harvest, harvested, there you go, and where President Trump will ultimately prevail. There were, there were many irregularities in Pennsylvania, including having election officials prevent our volunteer legal observers from having meaningful access to vote county locations. We prevailed in court on our challenge, but were deprived of valuable time and denied the transparency we are entitled to under state law. In Nevada, there appears to be thousands of individuals who improperly cast mail ballots. And finally, the president is on course to win Arizona outright, despite the irresponsible and erroneous calling of the state for Biden by Fox News and the Associated Press. You know Trump put that part in there. Biden is relying on these states for his phony claim on the White House. But once the election is final, President Trump will be reelected. That from Matt Morgan, the Trump 2020 campaign general counsel. And joining us now for more on all of this, I'm exhausted, is John Solomon. Quite a statement. Yeah, quite a statement. I'm done. I can't speak anymore. (laughs) John, this this feels like an iceberg right ahead uh, for sure. What's your sense from a legal perspective and really anything else? I think there's, uh, first from a political perspective, no matter what happens from this day forward until January 20th when inauguration comes from one half of the country, either Joe Biden's half of the country or Donald Trump's half of the country, are not going to accept the uh, election results as legitimate. And I think that's a really tragic part. This is the greatest yeah. constitutional republic, the greatest democratic voting system. This system could have been fixed long ago. There were warnings in 2005 that as mail-in voting and early voting created, that it would create concerns in the American public about trust. It could allow to practices like ballot harvesting. And the the commission that did this was Jimmy Carter and and several Republicans on it. And they warned that we were heading toward a moment like this where we'd all no longer trust our system. And we have to come, no matter what happens, we have to come back and fix these things, create some standards so that people don't see election results go Trump 10 points up on election night to 
a half a point behind uh, three days later. Yeah, this can't be going on a week, two weeks, three yeah. weeks into December. I mean, you would think that if they're going to have some sort of federal national standard, maybe something along. I know we talked about voter ID, but just this idea of mail-in ballots coming in maybe three days before or a week before, yeah. something like that. I mean, it's, it's not rocket scientists smart. If you here. give them a deadline, they'll hit it. The idea that it's right. a false premise that you have to keep counting forever. Give them a deadline. Americans can do it. We get our taxes in every year. Yeah. We don't. We don't let people have. You know, we can, of course, you can file for an extension, but you know, we, everyone knows April fifteenth. You got to have your taxes in. It isn't that hard. Uh, I think the second issue is this: the illegal challengers are going to focus on something very narrow uh, that the Supreme Court has repeatedly said over the years: the uh, the power of determining how people vote in every state is determined by the legislature, not by elected bureaucrats, not by politicians. That was put in by our founding fathers because they knew that a politician trying to stay in or stay out of power might meddle with the election at the last minute. So they gave that power to the people's chambers, the legislature. Yeah. I think you're going to see some things that were declared and done in Michigan and done in Pennsylvania that the courts may look at and say, well, that, the legislature didn't say you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, in Georgia, you saw in the statement there, they say ballot harvesting is not allowed in Georgia because the legislature didn't do it. So all of these states are going to take a, a, a five-second breath after Biden is probably going to be declared the winner by the media. By and the media. Me by the media. That's important. Remember, the media has no standing under the Constitution when it comes to declaring electors. Right. Then the real process of sorting through these issues are. And it's going to be a painful process because, you know, if Joe Biden feels like he's won, he wants to get started. He wants to build a transition, get a team going. Yeah. President Trump feeling like he got the election stolen is going to be trying to tug to hold on to the system. I think it's going to come down to did voters in each of these states get treated equally or did voters in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Milwaukee, Detroit, three cities that everybody's talking about, did they get special treatment and then all the other voters in Trump country didn't get the same treatment? If that happens, mm -hmm. the courts may find some reason to intervene. If it doesn't, yeah. it's a Joe Biden presidency. Right, and the constitutional issue behind about state legislatures. I mean, this idea that you're changing the, the rules of the game by, by a court, by the Pennsylvania yeah. Supreme Court, rather than the state legislature. Yeah, that is going to become the, the issue that is going to land at the U.S. Supreme Court in all these places. Yeah. Now, it may become irrelevant if, if the president doesn't capture Arizona and the final vote count, uh, right. the path to even get to 270. The courts may look at it and say, listen, these are great issues, but it doesn't affect the presidency. Move on and we'll litigate them later. That's one of the things that you also have to watch out for. Trump has to have some viable path for the court to look at this. Uh, and I think that that's why they're worried about Arizona. But, you know, if Arizona were to swing, and that's a big if, but if it were to yeah. swing suddenly in the final vote count, the courts might be tempted to look at these other three or four states and say something's going on here. Georgia's got its own recount. It's in Republican control. I think the Georgia Republicans are going to look very closely at ballot harvesting, which they don't believe is an authorized activity in Georgia. And other yeah. states, people have said it's okay. So that's going to be the things that we're going to be talking about. Instead of Chad, we're going to be talking about harvesting. Right. What about vo the voter integrity portion of this? Because it seems like integrity and fairness and fraud are all kind of wrapped into this yeah. one big umbrella. Yeah, and, 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 and processes, right? So, and so oh, sometimes yeah. you want to call everything fraud, and it's not. You know, if a dead person votes, that's fraud, right? Uh, but if someone came to your election door and collected your ballot and someone else's ballot and someone else's ballot... Is that allowed or not allowed? We have, the legislature is going to have to answer that. If you made a mistake on your ballot and some election clerk decided to fix it for you, mm -hmm. was that lawful or not? Now, that's not necessarily fraud, right. but it's the sort of thing that probably went on in, the, in this big, gigantic push to get votes counted. And I think all those issues are going to come to the forefront. Uh, we at uh, Just the News have created a coalition, Real America's Voice, Just the News, the Star Newspapers, and we're going in and looking at all of the city precincts in the four or five cities where people have been concerned about, and we're going precinct by precinct, voter by voter, looking for things like, are there a dead voter? Is that person really registered? Did they vote in another jurisdiction? 
jurisdiction. This is going to be a slow, painful process, just like counting Chad was in 2000. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try to give the American public some sense. Are these isolated incidents, or is there enough uh, misconduct, problematic conduct, fraud uh, that occurred that could change the election? And we're going to try to give the American public an answer over the next few weeks. Is there any sense or an early indication of what could be lying beneath all of this? I mean, it does it seem like, when I say widespread, maybe not widespread, but a little bit more intense than people think that it's just an isolated incident or two. There is clear evidence of ballot harvesting in some of these major urban areas. Now, in some states that may be allowed, some states it may not be. How do you know that? You see large dumps of vote that come in, uh, not through the machines and not because they were uh, delivered on the day of election day or in the weeks before that. Uh, and that's what, you know, when people saw those big swings, like 80,000 80, vote or 100,000 vote swing, mm -hmm. these were large ballots that were delivered in a group. How they got delivered, how they got collected, who's in those groups are very important. So we're really focused particularly on those ballots that were counted from 9 o'clock on when polls closed in the state mm -hmm. to two days afterwards. Where did they come from? Who delivered them? Whose names are they? We're contacting people and say, listen, you're listed as voting on, uh, and, and being counted today on Friday. Did you really vote? Right. And it's a tedious process, but that's what we're going to find out. John Solomon, great to see you. As Good always. to be with you, David. All yep. right. Appreciate it. All right. Coming next, Hercules. Not me. <laughs> I'm right here. Uh, but no, Kevin Sorbo, the actor who played Hercules. Wait till you get a load of what he's up to next. And he's got a few things to say about the election, too. Back in a moment. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, look, as we uh, head towards the end of the show, not that we're at the end of the show. We're kind of like, I don't know, midway or so. But look, enough with the elections, even though you know I'm going to talk to my next guest about the elections. But we need to have a little bit of a break. Oh, my gosh. Uh, as I like to say, oi, gavolt. Uh, joining me now, uh, actor, director, producer. How many more titles can I give this man? Kevin Sorbo uh, with us uh, from Florida. Hey, uh, Kevin, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, you can throw in good guy, speaking the truth kind of guy, uh, <laughs> fighting the good fight kind of guy. How about that? That sounds good. Truth teller, Kevin Sorbo, uh, joining us here. Uh, hey, Kevin, I want to put up a couple of tweets about this election that you, you've put out. Uh, if I can get to them here, let's just put them up on the screen since I can't really uh, read all that well anyhow. But you've been talking about uh, lots of different tweets. Uh, this one, you say Joe Biden has gotten more votes than any other president ever, even more than Obama. That sounds totally legit. I thought that was a pretty uh, entertaining, if you will. Talk about truth-telling. And you have another one up here uh, as well. We'll get to that in a second. I love it when dead people participate in our elections on behalf of the Democrats. <laughs> shows, <laughs> shows true American spirit. Uh, Kevin, what do you what's your take on this election? I know uh, you have obviously been following it closely, and you've got a few things to say, I'm sure. Well, you know, when I tweet, I, tweet, I, I throw a little sarcasm in there as well, obviously. I hope some people get that. Uh, you know, you got half the country out there that's trying to get me off uh, Facebook and Twitter. It doesn't matter what I say. I can say it's a beautiful day and they attack me. It's just so funny. Um, you know what? It's insane. It's insane going on right now. When they when they change the voting rules and all that, I mean, with the, voter fraud has been around forever. And it just has reached an all-time high right now. And it's unbelievable what we're going through and what people will do 
to to try to win an election. And the, the technology we have, I know there's hackers out there, but are you telling me that we can't just have an honest election? But what I'd like to do is just go back to the old-fashioned way. You go in and vote in person, and you have an ID with you. It's as simple as that. If you need an ID to get a gun, if you need an ID to buy alcohol, and need an ID to drive, why, why are we fighting about this thing saying it's racist to tell people they have to ID to vote? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But um, we'll see how this plays out. E either way, there's going to be a, a lot of angry people on either side. Yeah, it's really, it's really too bad. And, you know, it's interesting. You're onto something there because, I mean, it, I would think, if anything, this election shows that something's got to change. I mean, we can't be waiting a week, two weeks, a month uh, for results. I mean, if you're going to do ma mail and balloting, which, believe me, the whole massive mail and balloting thing's ridiculous to begin with, but if you're going to do it, I mean, you have to think about, well, how about you get it in before Election Day so we don't have this madness that goes on afterwards? Yep, I agree, 100%. It's got to change. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, talk to you about some of the projects you've got working, uh, especially, uh, let me read you, I say read you, you know all about it because you, you're you star in it, but uh, Against the Tide, Finding God in an Age of Science. I want you to talk about it on the other side, but first, here's a little clip from it. Let's take a look. Religion is a fiction that just is never challenged. I believe that the public need to hear that there is another side. And that's why I'm here, too to have you help me to understand and follow the evidence. I do argue that there is evidence for the existence of an intelligent God behind the universe. Christianity answers the question, who is this God? How do we know that God came here in, in basically human form? How do we know that? Why don't we meet in the place where it all began? Kevin, tell us more about it. You know, it really came out of the birth of a movie I did called God's Not Dead. And yep. um, there was, I challenged a student that I play an atheist college professor, and I always joke that that's redundant. All I have to say is college professor. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, I challenged this, this one student who has a belief in God. We have a series of debates. He brings up a John Lennox uh, uh, argument, a quote that he did when he was debating either Hawkins, uh, Dawkins or Hitchens, one of the other famous atheists. We show a number of those uh, different debates in, the, in this documentary. It, we spent three weeks in Oxford, England, where John lives. He's a retired math professor there. He's got like five doctorates, speaks six languages. We went to Israel for two weeks. It's an amazing journey. This is uh, apologetics for dummies, okay? John speaks in very cliff note, simple version tones to let uh, Christians of the world have the proper ammunition to fight against uh, you know, the, the anger and hatred coming in from people that want God out of everything in our lives. And we're seeing where that's getting us now in this world right now, aren't we? I mean, America's turned into such a secular place. Uh, and you see the riots and the lootings and people killing people over having different political points of view and beating people with bats and tire irons. Do you think of any of those people doing those things, this, this evil, wicked deeds that they're doing, if they had any biblical principles, any values in their life? So we're, we're becoming a very lost nation right now. we got to find a place where there's more, there's more conversation without anger and, and hatred and divisiveness more than anything else. We need to get together and have real talks. I know people aren't going to all turn and become Christians, but this documentary, everybody should see because it's incredibly educational. Yeah, 100% on all of that. So where can people uh, check this out? Is this a Fathom event then? It's a Fathom event, but unusual an unusual because we get three different dates on it. So it's going to be November 19th, November 20th, and November 23rd. Go to againstthetide.movie. That's against the tide movie 
plug, go look at the site, look at the extended trailer, put in your zip code and show what theater near you to see this uh, documentary. It's an amazing, amazing educational tool. And I really want people to, uh, to support it and get out there and just take a look at it. Make up your own mind. Yeah, by the way, you are, uh, it is still the number one Christian movie streaming on Amazon before The Wrath. Uh, I'm curious about that, and also maybe you can talk about that, and also as we have about a minute and a half or so left, talk to me a little bit about what COVID has done to this, uh, the, the business right now, because I, I would think a lot of things are kind of in limbo right now. Yeah, I mean, Before the Wrath is, a, is an amazing documentary that I only narrated that one. Brent Miller put it together. He's the director of this thing. Mm -hmm. um, it it's, it's pieced together in such a way that um, you, you, you go back 2,000 years with actors portraying biblical characters during that time, but it's mixed with scholars, uh, intellectuals, professors dealing with the book of Revelation. You don't have to be a Christian to watch this thing. It's a very interesting look at that final book, and uh, once again, very educational, very telling. In a time right now, led by COVID, right, we have a lot of fear in yeah. the world right now, and we have, uh, you know, fear is an amazing weapon, and a government of every level is using it to control our lives. Um, I'm all for uh, protecting people that have pre-existing conditions. I'm all for that. But I think what we're doing is destroying so many millions of lives and businesses that, uh, you know, a third-generation corner grocery store isn't essential, but Walmart is essential. Right. There's a lot of things going on out there. Thanks so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Good luck on everything. All right, back in a moment with the last sip. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. So is Joe Biden president or not? Um, so here's the thing. Nancy Pelosi today called him president-elect before he got to any sort of 270 electoral votes. So how does that work exactly? Here, here's what she said. So I am so officially pleased with the outcome that is imminent and also personally delighted uh, because of the quality and caliber of leadership that Joe Biden will provide. This morning, it is clear that the Biden-Harris ticket will win the White House. Uh, his election is historic propelled by the biggest vote ever in the history of our country, 73.8 million and counting Americans, the most votes ever received by any presidential ticket in history. President-elect Biden has a strong mandate to lead, and it will have a strong Democratic House with him and many Democrats in the Senate. Okay, I don't even know where to where I begin with this. Uh, I've got a lot to nitpick on that. You know, let's just nitpick now. Can we nit? Let, let, let's nitpick now. She said she's officially pleased. Well, <laughs> officially pleased. So the re the results are not official. So how can you be officially pleased? By the way, uh, she also said she has. Uh, he now has a strong mandate. A strong mandate. Say what? That makes absolutely no sense. 
uh, Donald Trump overperformed, and the only reason Joe Biden got 73.8 million dot 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 and counting is because oh I don't know ballots were mailed to millions, tens of millions of people, and there was this massive mail-in balloting campaign anyhow. Uh, and then she says, uh, I like this that um, what did she say here? Uh, oh, it's clear that uh, he will win. How is it clear that he will win when every single state's got a lawsuit filed against it in terms of how this whole thing is going with voter fraud? Anyhow, she's, she's uh, I, I'm not going to say she's off a rocker, but I think I just said it, so uh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, let me go to some tweets here real quick. Uh, how, oh, a tweet of mine, <laughs> narcissistic. Uh, is Twitter going to censor Nancy Pelosi for calling Joe Biden president-elect when that is technically not true, waiting for... Uh, uh, that to happen. And then let's just keep going on. So then Bloomberg puts up this tweet, President-elect Biden has a strong mandate to lead. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, shouldn't they be censored? Because that's not true. Anyway, I got another tweet there. You can read it on my Twitter feed. I'm running out of time because I got so much to say. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Hey, at the beginning of the show, Brooke McGowan was on from the MAGA Institute. She was out there in Arizona uh, peacefully protesting. She did tell us that they were going to peacefully protest until they could no longer peacefully protest. In other words, peaceful protest no more. And uh, rather than following up at the time, she started to get emotional. Uh, I, I did want to make clear here at the end of the broadcast that we obviously don't condone any sort of a non-peaceful protest. Obviously, peaceful protest the way to go on both sides of the aisle. So I just want to be very clear about this. The water cooler doesn't endorse violence. Of course we don't. Uh, hey, listen, uh, before we leave you, uh, this election has been kind of crazy. Uh, and this is what I'm literally going to look like um, probably for the next uh, week or two, kind of like bars and tone. Uh, that's me. Um, I'm pretty much just going to check out for about a week uh, and then come back uh, here to the water cool. Boom. And then I pop up. Um, but that's what that's going to be me actually over the weekend. I'm literally just going to be bars and tone and then I'll come back and we'll be all fresh for next week. Uh, and next week we're going to have tons of stories. But listen, I don't want to leave you with another news story at the end of the uh, end of the week because we've had we're too much with the 270 and the Arizona and the Georgia and the lawsuit and the whole. So. Let's talk about Chubby Cats, shall we? There it is. Uh, chubby Cats, uh, I, don't, I have no idea the name of this Chubby Cat, uh, but I got to tell you, uh, there's this uh, couple who is now engaged, and they got engaged over a Chubby Cat. I kid you not, there was a guy in London. He's now engaged to a woman who traveled 4,000 miles to meet him because they met in a Facebook group. And it was actually called, I'm reading this, ready? This is the name of the Facebook group. It was called... <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to start to laugh. This cat is chonky group. Not ch this cat is chonky. C-H-O-N-K-Y group. <laughs> I don't belong to that group, by the way. Look, this is what we're going to do on a Friday, okay? Because this has been a really taxing week for all of us here at the water cooler. Anyhow, uh, that's how they met over. The he had a chunky cat and uh, she had a chunky cat. And then they started to talk <laughs> to each other. Uh, over the chunky cats, and you know what's kind of funny? Uh, they 
It's a long story. She's from Chicago. She decides to go over to London to meet him after that Facebook group. Anyhow, bottom line is they finally got engaged. I kid you not. And they met in that Chunky Cat Facebook group. So good for them. I'm really happy for both of them. And uh, I've got nothing to say. So we started with Electoral College and we end with Chunky Cats. Uh, that's called running the gamut. And that's my face for the rest of the weekend. Until then, we'll see you Monday. <laughs>